Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Slay the Stars, our core four recap. This one's going to take us from episode 48 the whole way up to 63, which is the end of arc one. Uh, And we have a lot of ground to cover, so we're just going to jump right in with episode 48. I'm going to burn them all. This episode is where we see Erevon, uh, the mage at... Um, oh shit, what's the name of that school now? <laughs> the Ellen Estenome. <laughs> Thank you for getting my own lore. Um, <laughs> send Zemanshar back to Morbale. Uh, we get to check in with Toslane and see what has been happening there. And the biggest part of this episode is that we see what has happened to headmistress Eva Ristos of Stellium Academy. Uh, that being that she was feeble-minded by Dalius. Uh, we see Zem sort of grappling with that, and Zem, Shar, and Rafe, who is with them for the next couple episodes, trying to make up a plan, figure out what to do next, how they're going to help the head mistress. Um, I just want to jump right into it, start with Jen here on this one, because this was kind of a difficult episode for you. Like, we actually had to stop at one point because it got a little real. Um, share as much as you want to about that. Yeah, uh, Ed- It's funny because I don't think that it really connected with any of us until we were in it, like in that exact moment. But um, my grandmother passed. She had dementia. So a lot of what I was saying, it just occurred to me that (laughs) I had done similar things with her. um, And it was really rough. Um, But we just, you know, took that break, relaxed, came back to it. yeah, uh, it. I think it's just how grief works. It comes to you out of nowhere and smacks you in the face, and it really does. Yeah. I know when I was prepping that episode and deciding how I was going to portray that as the NPC, it it didn't really dawn on me in those moments until I looked over at you while we were playing and realized how it was impacting you, and was immediately like, "Okay, we can." Do- stop for a second here because I didn't realize this and oh my god like do we need to stop Um, and I remember you even asked you were like we can redo this like we'll do it different and I said absolutely not like it was so it was beautiful in that way that is awful if that makes sense so I didn't I didn't want to take that away it was really good It, it just you know needed that minute to recover yeah and I think that that's one of the one of the things that's both really awesome about um, working with people who you're comfortable with, people who you've known for a long time and feel like safe with because we can go to those dark sort of places together, even though it sucks and it's hard. Um, But as we saw with how that arc ended, I think there's a little bit of like catharsis in it as well. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. No, I agree. And I think too, um, you know, a, added bonus of us recording in person together too because I know that that's hard to notice when you're trying to do things over the internet or distance or whatever but um I also can't hide my face I can't control my face it's true (laughs) (laughs) oh that was one of the few episodes where I was really glad that we weren't recording our faces because 
that episode, <laughs> Arthur, you can chime in here because <laughs> there was a moment for you in that episode as well when it was revealed sort of whenever you guys found her books and her journal and it was saying that she knew that Dalius was plotting something, but she didn't want to go anywhere. She didn't want to just leave because she wanted to make sure the kids were safe and stuff. And I know that that hit you really hard as well. Um, so it, it's kind of funny because I have my, my grandma also had Alzheimer's. So it was kind of like, I think like just a building thing of like, oh, and then it just kind of yeah. floodgates finally broke because yeah. there has been, it, the shit doesn't bother me like that. And you're just like, <laughs> trauma, you know, yes. and then it was one of those like, oh, that hurt. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that episode left all of us uh, kind of blubbering messes. <laughs> a, a little traumatized. A little traumatized. Just a smidge. But, like, it was, I, I don't know, I'll speak for myself here and say, like, it was almost in a good way, though. Like, there was that. It was safe. Uh, it was safe. And mm-hmm. so it felt like this outlet of emotions. Uh, and, like, it, it was, in my opinion, the the interactions between Zem and Shar and Zem and Ristos and Zem and Rafe even and, and Shar and Rafe, like all of those connections that were made were so deep and meaningful and really pushed all of those characters in a direction we hadn't seen them go before. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, it just, it felt good at the end. It felt like we had made something meaningful. I agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, we went to episode 49, Fool's Hold secrets uh at this point uh we spent a lot of time processing trauma um and zem has a dream in that one is this the one where you took the sleeping pills no i think that was further down that's the next one okay okay (laughs) we'll get there uh so zem has a dream with Adria in it. And uh, Adria finally reveals her intentions, which is that she wants Zem to kill Shar. We also find out in this episode that Turiel was also killed during the fighting in Annenfell. Uh, I kind of want to talk about the, the reveal, the big Adria drop here, when she says, like, when you actually come out and ask her, like, what is it you want? Like, just cut to the chase, stop screwing around. And in that moment, me as Adria, I'm thinking, like, this is the time where I think a lot of DMs, a lot of, like, BBEGs would, like, try to obfuscate their their feelings, what they're trying to do, their plan. They don't want to give too much away. But I was like, Adria's not that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when she just came right out and said the the quiet thing loud... Uh, what, what were you thinking in that moment? What was Zem thinking? What was Jen thinking? Um, I think Zem was feeling kind of relieved to just have it out in the open, um, and be able to figure things out and deal with it from there. Um, on top of being like, absolutely like, well, that's not happening. You know what I mean? So, like, n- now what? Like, how do I play this game? Because I need to figure out a way to get us better positioned um, to handle this, you know, because she's never she's never not going to, tr- like, choose Char. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was just, you know, that moment of, like, okay, all right, she said it. Now what? Now what's my next move? I was very much like <laughs> yes like let's let the like the scheming 
begin from here because now this is this is a different game now like this Mm -hmm. is completely different um there's a lot at play um and a lot of like maneuvering to attempt for a like a child (laughs) a child to do basically so Arthur, this is an interesting moment too, because this is this is one of those things where uh, you, the player, heard something that is very obviously important to Char the character, but Char the character knows nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, going forward, how hard was it for you to pretend like you didn't know that Zem had that conversation? I'll be perfectly honest. Not difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I like I would try to toss a bone to be like, do you want to pick up this conversation? No. Okay, moving on. Like that's more like where I took it. Like my job was to present opportunities for the conversation to take place, not metagame the shit out of it. Yeah. Because I I still want it to occur naturally if that's the case, and Absolutely. if not, because it, it then it feels forced because they're just like, oh, yeah, you see metagaming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but. It's, me as a person, yeah, I wanted to talk about it. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't right yet. Well, and from me watching as, like, the sort of omniscient narrator of the story, uh, the fact that Zem didn't immediately run to Shar and say, like, oh, my God, this thing just happened. I was like, oh, like, how are we going to play this? How long are we going to keep this in our pocket? You know, like, when is a good time? For Zem to bring this up. And I think it, it uh, on a non-meta level, like, Char is a wisdom-based individual and insightful. He knows something's wrong, but he doesn't know what. Like, mm-hmm. the entire vibe feels very accurate yeah. going forward. I agree. I agree. All right. And so from there we go to episode 50. Who wants to live forever? Uh, in this episode... They you you did a bunch of shopping. Uh, this is when you start heading south towards Kai's house, uh, and you, um, yeah. I mean, this is mostly a travel episode. I don't think there was a ton of interesting stuff that happened here. This is the last episode that you had a conversation with Amara, as well. That's right. That is because that's what happens in this episode. You have an episode. Is with this Amara. the one where I wave at her? Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is also the episode where Rafe comes clean to you, Zem, with everything that he knows about his past, which is not a lot. I was going to say. So these, this was, this was an episode shit. with quite a few heavy, uh, heavy lore drops, but. We kept sandbagging the episode. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this has been, it's been so long since Shar has talked to Amara. So that's yeah, kind of literally... what I want to focus on here, like. What what are we at? So 13 episodes have not talked to his deity. Yeah. Weird. That is weird. What a bitch. What a bitch. Uh, In episode 51, Blood on the Vines, that is when we get into the tree fight, Mm -hmm. which goes the whole way back to episode 6, Campfire Stories. Uh, And Jen... We talked about this a little in the past, but we can touch on it again uh, because this story was a family story that you told in episode six. How did you feel seeing that thing, that monster come to life for your character? 
I, I mean, so as a as a player, I thought that it was just really cool. It was really fun bringing that childhood story uh, to life. Um, that was really really fun. It, it's a little modified for you know our purposes, Absolutely. but it was it was cool. Um, as a character, it was horrifying, <laughs> and just kind of a little surreal because I mean. Did it, like, so that wasn't just a horror story that, you know, my professor told me this was real, this exists out in the world? Like, it was horrifying. Yeah, I like the idea that all stories are based in some kernel of truth, right? And I mean, this obviously ended up being truth in a big way because this thing actually ended up existing very close to what it was in the story that we told in the podcast. Um, And... This is actually something that I wanted to do more of. I wanted to insert more of these sorts of stories and then have you encounter them actually out in the wild. We just didn't have the time, which is crazy to think because we're telling such a such a concise story around these two people. You think we have all this time in the world, but we've done 63 episodes and I feel like there's so many other things I wish I could cram in here. Yeah. I don't know. Uh episode 52, what you believe becomes your world. This is the one where Zem took the sleeping pill and took the fight to Adria. Uh, at the same time, this is when Char is watching Zem in this dream trance-like state being taken over again. He's being attacked. Rafe's being attacked. And eventually you end up making your way to Kai's house that has been burnt to the ground. Uh... I'm just going to let the two of you talk about this episode a little bit because I feel like there's a lot here to discuss. <laughs> well, first of all, with the drugs. <laughs> first of all, with the drugs. I mean, so what I was thinking as a player is that I need to figure out some way to figure out if there is anything I can do to control these dreams. Um, I haven't found it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but this was like a shot in the dark. And I yes, truly <laughs> I truly thought that it was going to be um safer, like not totally safe, but safer. I was wrong. I think I my wrong. favorite part of that is that Char both in and out of character are freaking the fuck out because <laughs> I I know this is a bad idea. Char thinks it's a bad idea, <laughs> but then in universe like Char and Rafe are just like what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I thought I like the moment where both Shar and Rafe are watching Zem go to sleep after taking these pills, and they both have this moment where they look at each other and they're sort of like, "Why didn't you stop? <laughs> like, yeah. I thought you would stop her. You thought I would stop her. Nobody stopped her. Has anyone met me? <laughs> There's no stopping it. I'm never not going to push the button. We know Zem or Jen. <laughs> it's true. It was one of those like. On the off chance that you might listen to reason and not be chaotic, don't fucking do it. (laughs) However, we knew you were going to do it. The second you bought them in the store or or were gifted them from the, was it the hospital? Uh, Yes. uh, Wherever you picked them up. I think I I got them in effort of keeping Risto's Mm -hmm. comfortable. That's right. So the second you had acquired them, I'm like, this is problem. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I know that you didn't realize it yet, but 
like you're just like yeah for risos i'm like no well no but i so the thing is though like i don't know i was hoping that there would be some sort of thing that i could figure out in the dream to help me gain some sort of control Mm -hmm. no no i i you the way that i'm just because after the episode uh, passed when we recorded i'm like what the fuck were you thinking (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you're just like no i was thinking this this and this i'm like okay that makes sense yeah I'm still frustrated, but I understand it now. <laughs> well, I so I think that for me, this moment was super cool because it's one of the first times that we see one of these characters become like openly like take the reins. Like, I am not going to be pushed around anymore. I'm going to do this to take the fight to this other person. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, maybe it was a little misguided but (laughs) Zem was also in a really weird frame of mind at the time like she's dealing with a lot of stress all in this moment and so it it was fun to watch her say like I'm done like I'm I'm going to act now uh and it it didn't go too poorly you were able to pull yourself out of the dream but not just that (laughs) she was trying to hold you in and you overcame her that's true so that was also a hugely like satisfying moment for Zem to see like I could win Mm -hmm. maybe Mm -hmm. a a 1 in 20 chance (laughs) a 1 in 20 chance (laughs) and I could win Mm. um episode 53 well wait go ahead the cabin so getting oh, to the Oh, yes, cabin. we didn't even talk about the end of that. So, and not to, like, draw this one out, but that that was huge because I feel, I feel like, both as a player and, and a character, it, it was, we just need to get here. We just need to get here. We just mm-hmm. need to, like, everything was, like, hinged on that. And in my brain, it was going to be a relief. Now, I know Leah. <laughs> Hi. So I was expecting something, but I was not expecting this. Mm-hmm. Um, that was wild. Yeah, I... No, we stopped recording for the day, so also fuck you. I was just going to say, yeah, that was... we Normally we record three or four episodes at a time, and that was the end of a recording session. Uh, and that was one of the few times I've actually felt mean. Uh, leaving <laughs> leaving that recording session, knowing we weren't coming back for a whole month, and leaving it on that Wasn't note. it like a month and a half to two months for that period? It might have been. Because wasn't that right before Gen Con when we finished that one? I don't remember. I can't remember either. It, it might have been. It was definitely a while. Um, and so I have actually gotten feedback on this from people who have said, like, I should have been meaner. I should have put, you know, X number of bodies in the cabin so it looked like Kai, Shar's parents, and Karina all were dead instead of the two bodies that I put in the cabin. And And I personally think that that wouldn't have been great for two reasons, right? Number one... Uh, Zem and Shar are already sort of defeated. Like Jen said, this was like a, we just need to get there and things will be better. We just need to get there and it will be okay. So having the place destroyed when they got there was hard enough. And number two, like having bodies there that seemed to signify all of the people who they were there, that's almost like removing their last their last shred of hope, their last like thing that they're fighting for. Right. Uh, that See, felt I mean. thought the implication was actually meaner that there wasn't more bodies in there. That means that there was a couple that got captured and, to me. And that's fine. And I'm just like, 
that's fine. And uh, and that was one of the things that I thought you might take away from it, uh, especially if you hadn't discovered the flower, right? Mm-hmm. The flower that Kai left to tell you we're okay, or at least some of us are okay, and we've gone south, right? Uh, if you hadn't found that, you might have thought they got captured. And God knows Zem probably would have wanted to go guns blazing into the garden, and this would have been a whole different... Who, me? A whole different story. He would have died. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think the way it played out was actually perfect. I liked it, and I stand by it. Yeah, let me defend my actions. Let me defend my actions, okay? (laughs) Uh, Okay, episode 53, Deals and Discussions. Uh, Char, this is when you have your run-in with Knox. And at the end of that interaction, you and Zem finally talk about these outside influences, these outside deities um, that are trying to pull you apart, pit you against each other. Uh, what what were those moments like when you were talking with Knox? Was Shar tempted at all to play into that hand? See, the thing with Shar is like, he will walk down a path as far as he possibly can, but never go over the line. Zem is the exact, which you will go down the entire path and then say, fuck it, and cross the line with extreme gusto. <laughs> <laughs> but with Char, he tries to he tries to map every option out first and then pick a path. But the second that it involved Zem, like the fact that one of us could die, he doesn't take the option regardless. So like path gets like plugged no more um but with Knox, i think the conversation was more of it, it felt more like she was trying to become his deity not that she was offering an option to him that's the way the conversation felt but i don't know if that's how the vibe was but mm-hmm. that's that was more for him he's like okay what did you do <laughs> Interesting. And also, you, you did have to correct me that I did not know about certain parts of the Pantheon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. She's like, you don't know that. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. never mind. That doesn't make sense. What do, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> One of the bummers about having, like, lore knowledge beforehand because we're, we're working out all the kinks. See, and this is why when you want to look at me and be like, how oh, don't you know that? Like, we've had that information. <laughs> I can't fuck up. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, I'm a nerd, okay? (laughs) Jen, this was one of the times where you got to be the fly on the wall watching Char interact with a probably nefarious uh, deity about things that involved Zem. Uh, So what was it like for you being in that situation? Because I know that Zem and Amara seem to be at odds here, but Amara's never made any aggressive comments or actions towards Zem. I don't. I don't know that I would go so far as to say that they're at odds. I think that they, they she just doesn't trust her and she doesn't find her useful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and knows that Char does find her useful. So she's like, whatever. I mean, fine. Um, at, at this time. At this time. <laughs> I find it very hard to not write notes. <laughs> um like during those moments because when I'm not when I'm not 
interacting. It's easy to write notes, but like in those moments, I'm not even around. So um, I don't know. Like it was fun. It was fun to watch. I don't have any like concerns about downplaying that. I think I'm okay with that for the most part. Um, but it was interesting to note like just how many secrets they keep from each other while also insisting on like protecting each other. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, big dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As Shar, when Knox said to him that he that it seems that there is a divide between he and Zamira where Zamira is channeling this like darkness and Shar is this light, but both of these things come from the same place which I took from the art book that Jen made for Zamira, which uh, if you haven't seen that, it's on our Patreon. It's very cool. Um, well, pictures of it are. Um, what was that revelation like to Shar? Did he not really grasp in the moment what she was trying to say to him? I think he only understands like the concept of it, not the application. So he's like, yeah, I mean, it would absolutely come from the same place, like other. But other than that, like he doesn't know the minutia of the other. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't understand that she's saying like he has the same propensity for mm-hmm. darkness that Zamira does. Interesting. Interesting. And then when the two of you finally came together and put the cards on the table, when, you know, Zem is saying to Shar, like, Adria wants me to kill you. Uh, and you're saying, yeah, Knox is telling me that one of us has to die. And then you sort of come to this conclusion where it's like, well, we don't have to take you. There has to be a third option and we're going to find that together. What was that like for the two of you finally having that conversation 54 episodes into the pod, (laughs) 54 plus hours into this game uh, where the two of you finally come together on this? I think it felt natural. Yeah. It it felt like this was the time. I think it made it more meaningful that it wasn't just the whole time like, well, so-and-so said to me, um, because I think that's pretty forced. Even though we had grown up together, like we had, we well established our relationship prior to meeting back up. Those, what did we say? Two years we essentially spent apart. Yeah, something roughly that. that. Yeah, like we changed big time. Like we became more closely aligned with who we are still becoming, and so coming back and having that history gives us some. Um, comfort, I guess, in in knowing where we're coming from. But at the same time, we don't really know each other anymore. So there's not that immediate trust. It's trust in so far as we both need to survive, but not like I'm going to bare my soul to you kind of thing Um, until now. I mean, like we've literally murdered across this continent together. So, (laughs) yeah. Um. (laughs) I think it's it's so doing this in general, there's been a couple revelations of like, oh, that's how that would actually play feeling out. Like, I think we've apologized to what's her name that wrote Twilight because the same the way that we approached that conversation was like, oh, my God, it's the fucking same because I've shit on that like part of it, like say it vampire like and we did the same <laughs> fucking thing but it was just like oh man i don't want her to be right stephanie meyer, stephanie meyer. <laughs> but then there's stuff like this where it's like yeah like trauma doesn't heal quickly like this takes t- 
time. Yeah. And their trauma, like, yeah, they've they've made each other a lot better along the way. But it's taken time for them to heal over their their joint trauma for 54 episodes. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of one of those like, yeah, this is more this the the relationship is more real. Because it's not it's not forced uh, and it's not romantic either, which is in my I'm a sucker for a good best friend trope. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice to be able to have someone that you can talk to without being worried about feelings and romantic things. Yeah. And I I think, too, that um, it was just such a place of relief, too. Like, fear up until and then get it all out there and then relief. Like, okay, we both have all the facts now. Well, as many of the facts that we have obtained between the two of us and um now we can come at this from multiple angles because neither side had the full picture um and neither side was going to come up with the the right solution alone anyway either way rather yeah because it was bleak 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 and then it's like you know what things can get better Mm -hmm. finally i like that and i think i got attacked by a crab (laughs) <laughs> no that's in episode 55 in 54 we have two doozy episodes one right after another here i don't know what i was on uh during this but so episode 54 is the king of death we get our last two tbk characters that we've uh interacted with recently um that would be k's leo and uh jasper's etienne um and this episode, I knew it was going to be weird from the beginning whenever these two TBK characters came to me. Um, <laughs> I, and so I was like, just lean into it. Just have some weird thing happen one night that is sort of unexplainable. We've already established that there are vampires in this world and weird killer trees. Like, there can be some other weird stuff. And so basically, in this episode, uh, Zem and Shar take a bit of a sidestep out of the forefront, and we get to see the end play out of the story between these two random characters. Uh, and what was that like for the two of you, watching this drama unfold? So, A, this episode has my favorite natural one of any of the campaign which was when he was trying to stealth knock out the guard on the horse and the <laughs> guard, like, not one, so the horse just kind of moved gently. What was it, like, Robin Hood men in tights? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, the fact yes. that that happened, I can die happily. But so good. it was interesting because I, as Char, is just like, I'm not, I'm not going to interfere. This is, like, on them. And then there's Zem, it's just like, I'm going to get all up in your business. <laughs> <laughs> Zem's like, pew! so anyway i start blasting (laughs) i i loved that rafe just kind of like took ristos on a walk still mad at him about that (laughs) i was like i'm not running all these damn npcs in this fight rafe and ristos are just off doing their thing yes so um i'm gonna get out of here (laughs) uh but there was this real so when Kay gave me this TBK character, I was like, this character does not live past this episode. Um, so regardless of whether he survived or Etienne survived, his character was going to die at the end of, <laughs> the end of this episode. Uh, and I did not expect the roleplay moment we had at the end between Zem and Leo. Me either. That was actually really, like, deep and emotional and awesome. 
I don't know where it came from, but it, it worked. <laughs> it worked so well. Uh, I loved it. And you got some fun um, fun loot out of that. I think Char now, that's how you got your Amulet of the Devout yeah. or whatever. So I took, oh, yes. So I think we, there was a sword that we sold later on? Yes. I Leo's tried to sword. take a certain book, but. It disintegrated. It's disintegrated. <sighs> The Necronomicon. Uh-huh. Do we have copyright to say that? <laughs> I don't That's why she said Necrosh. A Necrosh. That was actually Jasper's idea as well to have the book uh, disintegrate when when Etienne died. If Etienne died, it was. I mean, it was a cool moment, but I'm still salty about it. <laughs> but in reality, it was just a coloring book. Hilarious. <laughs> Paint by numbers. I want that. <laughs> Um, but so at the beginning of the episode, though, we just see Zem sitting by this fire alone because Char ran to a tree because that's what Char Bunch does. Bunch of bitches. And Rafe took Ristos <laughs> off into the woods. Well, and... I li- the, the scene started with, are you going to run? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but Etienne is trying to get you to sign the book. Zem. I know. Did you actually consider doing it? No. No? That was not going to happen. I was curious. Yeah, no, it wasn't going to happen. I was just uh, trying to get close. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It would have been interesting to see them <laughs> join the army of the undead. What a way to lose a character, right? honestly. <laughs> um, episode 55, shock and ah! Two things happen here. Uh, Char almost dies to a crab. And we get the name of the group finally established 55 episodes in. Shock and awe. So fucking good. It's so fucking good. Uh, I was really sure you were going to die to a crab at one point. I, it was bad. It was it was really bad. For no reason. It, uh, so bad okay. rolls. So it was bad rolls. And then I made... An absolute dumbass tactical decision, like in the middle of it. So that was partially on me. Yeah. But then the other part is I just couldn't roll my way out of a paper bag. It was really bad. Well, and the the crab was rolling really poorly mm-hmm. too. If it had hit Zem even once or twice, it could have like offed her. And like it was it was spending all this time trying to stop Zem from attacking it. So it was using one of its attacks every turn to try to go after her when it should have just snipped Shar's head off. But. It was, it was fun. What was that? The crab is a cancer constellation mm-hmm. in the sky. I was thinking like slay the stars, but the stars slay you. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's a Russian thing. <laughs> <laughs> you do not slay the stars, the stars slay you. In Soviet Russia. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What the hell is that joke from? I think it's maybe Saturday Night Live. I is don't it? know. I don't know. Um... In the next episode, episode 56, Keep Him Safe. Uh, this is when you all make your way down to Saltspire. You get to the academy. Uh, you're standing off in the woods trying to like see what is going on in there. You see the ship. You kind of get caught. You run away. You end up at your childhood home, and you find Char's mom, and we end the episode there before you actually get into the apartment. I don't think there's a ton to talk about in this episode. Oh, I guess the ship. It took us three times to understand what you were telling us, I think, when you described (laughs) the ship, because we were just dumb. Well, you were like a wooden structure. 
It wasn't there before. And I'm like, they built a tower? Like, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, oh, wow, what? that's a weird thing to build. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because, like, one one was a tower, and then, then I was— I feel like I might have said that, and because then it was like, no, it's much smaller. And I was like, like a funeral pyre, like burning a witch at the stake. <laughs> like my mind just was not. I was out of it too because I think you literally just like ship. It's a ship. <laughs> it's a ship. There's a ship there, a big one, a big flying ship. Uh, yeah, I snuck in through the graveyard. Yes. And were you keeping an eye on Ristos at the cart the entire time? Like, or did you send? No, you sent. Sent. You tried, mm-hmm. and then it was like... Didn't work. Yeah, I so I sent Torah. Yeah. Which, that's actually what helped us, like, four ep- five episodes from now, figure out where everything was. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and so Torah, um, like, blinked out of existence, and that's when I was like, we gotta go, we gotta go. And we ran. And then we went back to the... Everyone looked at me like I was fucking crazy when I I said, just popped my shoulder. No, no, so. I don't I don't mean right now. I mean in the when we were playing before, like when we were recording that episode and I said we should go home and everyone was like, "Okay." Uh, if I looked at you weird, it was because I was very excited because I had already decided that the flowers were going to be in the planters on the window, like telling you guys that they were there. So I was I yeah. was excited um because I felt that moment was one that I was really excited to see play out in the game. Yeah. I don't remember looking at you weird, but I was having an off year. <laughs> so I also was very excited to see you go back through the gates with the guards that always were ones on perception <laughs> checks to notice that the most wanted individuals in all of Vela keep going in and out of your stupid city. I'm telling you, we always find the nihilism hires. From, like, governor's kids who are just like, I need to put in six months of service and I'm done. Yeah. On to episode 58, Taking the Bait. What the hell happened to 57? Oh, 57. I lied. <laughs> I, I highlighted the next one by accident. On to episode 57. <laughs> but Family also, fuck secrets. 57. <laughs> no, 57's a really good episode. We should talk about that first. The DM almost skipped it, guys. Congrats. Listen, I got distracted. Arthur's family brought us tasty, tasty coffee. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, in Family Secrets, we finally get the this moment that we've been building to this whole campaign uh, of Char confronting his parents and saying, I love you. You're always going to be my parents. You raised me. But, like, I know that there is something here you're not telling me and I need to know now because it's of the utmost importance to the entire world. And they come clean and tell Char what they know about his adoption uh and char handles that news very well i mean he's had time to process homeboy jumps out a window he's had time to process this stuff so he knew what the answer would be this wasn't like a shocker in the moment um i think genuinely the shock was that they were honest about it i think was more the shock factor of that at all because char was like i know that this is the thing I think that I thought they were just going to be dodgy about it. Mm-hmm. I, they're going to give me the truth, but in like small details, not yeah. like, nope, this is what it was. Yeah. And well, and I think that there was a chance that they could have been a little dodgy if Char wasn't so. Char was in that moment more like, I don't want to say forceful, it's not the right word, but he was more like, 
I already, he was taking charge in the moment. I know that this is the fact, the case. I don't want you to think that I think any differently of you or that you think anything differently of me, but I need to know. And I think him approaching it that way, especially because they've seen him be so like non-confrontational his whole life, signaled to them in the moment, like, this is actually serious and we shouldn't. Dilly dally. Dilly dally. I love that word. Yeah. Uh, and we end this episode with uh, one of my favorite moments ever, 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 which is Char seeing Xander in the window and Char then choosing to go out the window and chase Xander. And so now we need to talk about that moment because I know that Char and Arthur had very different things that they would have actually done here. And I want to say thank you for doing the Char thing and potentially putting yourself and Zem in mortal danger. You act um, like I'm not an actor. <laughs> I know, for the sake of the story, because it was a perfection. Talk about that moment, please. So, first of all, I was ready to just, like, me as Arthur was ready to just fire spells and be like, get the fuck out. <laughs> and never come back. No, um... But with Char, like, that was he, – he's riding a high right now. Like, they're alive. Not only did they figure out where the, every, where the orb is, they know where the ship is. They know where – like, they just got their family back. Kai's alive. And Kai is – didn't we run – didn't Char have to run out to get something from Gideon's shot first? Was that this episode? You, or was that the previous episode? No, that's, that's that comes after come that. Back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. But, like, he's like, you know what? Like – this is an opportunity, like, not, I don't think that we're going to become a thing again, but, like, we could use an ally. And it was a trap. Mm-hmm. And so he felt stupid, but he's also just like, I, if I, if he didn't go, he was going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Like, completely. So they, he did not have a choice in that matter. He's just so, I am so glad that he was the first one out of the. Out of the. The orb. Orb thing. Out of Resos's orb. Uh, when Zem comes out then, because Char... Ha- and you said it... What the fuck this is, is wrong with this you? This is why people think that that we script these things. Because it worked out too perfectly. Because Char literally said to everybody, Hey, give me like 15 seconds before you come out. I'm going to go out and make sure everything's safe in the apartment. And so that gave Char the time to see Xander go invisible... Knock Karina over because it's Char. (laughs) (laughs) And then dive out the window before Zem could get out and react to what was happening. Because Zem probably would have tried to stop him. Or would have at least tried to go with him. And so, Zem, when you came out of the orb and the window's open, Char's gone. And everybody's like, he just ran away. And he knocked me over. What was Zem's reaction? (laughs) I think she knew. I think she, like, in her like deep gut knew. Um, I think you knew he was just going to show up again. You didn't know when. Correct. Yeah. Um, There's only one thing (laughs) person that would make Char leave like that. There's only one. So there was not a doubt in Zem's mind as a player, I fucking loved it. It was so good. Um, but, like, also, at, like, flipping the player into the character and my big sister tendencies, 
<laughs> Zem was so fucking annoyed. So annoyed. Like, how dare you? How could you? Um, this is my job. I'm supposed to be the reckless one. Um, oh, yeah, he ran up a building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she was immediately like, son of a bitch. Like, of course she was going to, you know, try to go after. Um, it was such a good moment, though. It was so good. And so in that moment, your reaction was to go after him. Mm-hmm. But then the pounding on the door mm-hmm. and the ending of the episode at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, what what were both of your thoughts at the end of this episode? I, I want to know, like, where were you mentally Desperate. when you saw the setup here? Desperate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I also had to pretend that I didn't know they were getting attacked. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm still running on a roof. <laughs> yeah. They're going to die, but I'm running on a roof. <laughs> uh, uh, well, and that rolls. No, we did. We did absolutely skip. We skipped. Okay. I'm, I'm making did sure. Because Ristos. Oh. Um, Ristos was back Kai, to a normal self. Because you did have to go out. Of the orb. This was before we ever went into the orb. Yeah, when Kai healed Ristos. Mm-hmm. I We did forget to talk okay, about so that. Okay, so at some point before we went in and out of the orb, Shar and Tora went to Gideon's shop, mm-hmm. found and stole some precious gems so uh-huh. that we could heal. And you left a fucking note. <laughs> I have nothing if not consistent. <laughs> <laughs> and he snuck back. That I think that took about a half an episode. It did, it did. You're right. I... My notes are not that good. <laughs> well, no, it, it's just like one of those things. I'm like that for him. That was important because that was him. That was him returning home. Yeah. Just because he, it's not that he didn't love his parents and he didn't love his house. Like, it's just like, that was where he was most at home. And you've said it on multiple recaps, which is like, whenever he's like distressed, it's glass works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was. It was, I know we can maybe preoccupy, like preoccupy, procure this somewhere else. Yeah. But he's going to go there. Yeah, and I I love that was one of my favorite parts, and this is in the last core. But when we got to see Shar going back to work in uh, the Glass Forge in Annenfell, and seeing him making things, and seeing him working with Jay, and Jay saying like, "Oh, like you have skills, like you could do this, like you're fantastic," and like seeing Shar getting to be that person again, that version of himself that's probably at this point. Um, impossible to attain again um it's a lot of fun yeah we want to talk about mean that was mean (laughs) giving us that little slice of peace right before everything got yanked away again i mean it was false (laughs) it was false peace yeah because we went we went two things which was we went down to zem's parents old apartment you did to search to see if they just randomly left one because they're rich and like she's the, her your mom is Dahlia rich is because rich. she is in the mafia and <laughs> so there might have been something left or you hid something and then that was a bust so then Shar left to right. Gideon's yeah because the other option was going to steal from Dahlia's shop Which I think was, that was the, that was, was the other option, option. Right? Yeah. yeah that's true um so yeah we 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 did gloss over that huge moment which was um Ristos being healed by Kai which was a beautiful moment, which led to you going into the orb and then all of the events that are coming now um, in episode 58, which I called Taking the Bait because it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to make a decision in this moment, right? Because my the, the question that I had to answer was, did 
Xander, no. Because Xander orchestrated this this attack. Did Xander know that Kai, Karina, Ristos, Healed, and Zima would possibly be in that apartment? And the answer to that question is that Xander may have known about Karina and Ristos. Kai. But he... I don't think he would have known about... Kai. I think he knew Ristos was just feeble-minded. Well, so he would have known that those two were there, but if he was watching the apartment, staking out, waiting for you to come there, then he would know that those two were there. And he would know that Karina maybe had some skills, and he would know he would be familiar with Kai because she was like the hermit in the woods outside of the garden. Right? He would know these two people. But at best, he would know that Ristos was feeble-minded, and he would have no idea that Zima was there. So, in my calculations for how many monks would be attacking this apartment, like, there was no chance for him being like, I need to send a battalion because there's these four high-level spellcasters that are backing them up, right? Uh, and I think you fucked up everybody worse than the other three. Well, I mean, Zima, I when, didn't when Zima turned into, into an, an ape. ape and then started throwing people out the window, it was... That's my favorite Wilhelm. <laughs> so good. It was so good. They'll be fine. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I knew when the episode started that there was a really good chance for Zem to make it out of here. Um, and so at best, I was hoping that the the monks would be able to capture her because that was the thing. They, they weren't going to kill her anyway. Because none of them were the keepers at all. That was no. just the student. Like there was a couple you said that were the beasts. Yes. But none of them were keepers, which yes. was... Um, and so then it was, okay, if Xander has any indication that Zem is not going to be captured, would he take Char in, right? And then so that whole thing playing out between, um, like the kiss fighting with Char and Xander out in that alley, <laughs> and then the actual fighting happening with Zem and flashing back and forth between those scenes was so much fun for me. Um, and then I get visibly angry when you're like, and go back to Zem. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we were not on a turn-based system, but they were. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that I feel like, with, between Xander and Char, there was no chance that one of you was going to kill the other. That was not going to happen. Number one, because Char couldn't kill Xander even if he wanted to. And I'm not talking emotionally. I'm talking physically. physically. He could not kill Xander if he wanted to. And so as soon as I understood that Xander, under no circumstances would Xander kill Char either, it just became like a, okay, this is like a loosely initiative-based thing where the two of you are just acting out this thing, trying to figure out what happens next, and then swapping over to Zem in the much more like calculated combat. Actual kill. kill they're trying to kill us all. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, kill triangle, if you will. Where is Char with Xander after that moment? See, when Xander said to Char, like, I have to take one of you in, and Char's like, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if I have to take one of you in, it has to be Zamira. It has to be Zamira. She's going in. They're probably going to kill her, and this is my way of keeping you alive. What did that do to Char in the moment, hearing Xander say that to him? That was, like, for him, that was, like point of no return like i have attempted to persuade or dissuade from being on the side that he's at like offering a redemption mercy if you will um 
but that was the point where he's like, you know what? I think this is it. Like, we're not coming back from this ever. And he's gotten to the point with this episode where he's not, he's, he didn't get to the point where he would hit or hurt Xander, but he would not stop him from getting hit or hurt, mm-hmm. which is the way that he was before. Yeah. Well, it was beginning of the end. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to see in this moment because it's very much like a, like a Xander and Zem and they're on opposite sides here. Right. And it's not that you're being told you have to choose between them, but you're being told like in Xander's mind, he would not protect Zamira. He, w- he would not protect her. And for Shar, like that, that is something that, I mean, neither of you would make the decision to hurt the other. We've established that recently in the episodes, like we've talked about. And so it was, it was nice to see Shar stand up and say like, like, I care about you both, but if this is the path you're taking, I'm choosing her. And it was sad. Poor Xander. Yeah. Well, that was never going to end well. No. No. That was never going to end well after the visit to the garden. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a little bit of a chance, and then you just <laughs> ripped it from mm-hmm. under us. And mm-hmm. then we did the dramatization, so that was fun. <laughs> There's still there's still more to see play out with the Xander arc. Um, oh, but for sure, but it's just a different dynamic now. It's a, it's a different dynamic now. What's um, that look for? The dynamic is when he's at the end of my blade and I kill him. <laughs> Why the fuck are you using a blade? <laughs> because it'll hurt more. <laughs> Fair. Really? Fair. <laughs> Dude, I've been tased. It's it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we all do both. <laughs> and <laughs> so Shar goes running back towards the Lady apartment and, <laughs> and he knows Xander's following him because he can hear the footsteps behind him and he sees Zem running towards him in the opposite direction as well. <laughs> I beat your goons, you fucking asshole. Yeah, I think in that moment though, Arthur was just like, did you just doppelganger me? Like, I don't know if I trust this because it was too convenient. And I'm like, Oh, oh for me to be running. Yeah. We're like running out in the streets already. Well, I'm glad you didn't believe that. Yeah. But I'm just like, would Leah do this? And I looked at how much time was left. I'm like, probably not. Probably not. I can imagine you would have like punched me in the face. And I would have been like, why? <laughs> Except meta knowledge, I absolutely would not because we're hitting on like a point and a half of hit points. Like you got hit hard. A lot. I got, got hit a lot. Like you yeah. got put on the ground and stunned. Yeah. Yeah. Some got beaten up a lot. Uh, oh, there was the freaking manacles that were on your wrists done with a natural 20. And then freaking, I don't want to talk about what happened. Portents. Portents. <sighs> Christ. I don't give a shit. His name was Mike. <laughs> <laughs> what we do with the shadows is one of my favorite shows. <laughs> uh, but there is a moment that Jen and I have talked about numerous times that happens right at the end of this episode that we think is a very interesting turning point for Char the character. And that is when there is one of the monks left who has been charmed by or dominated by Ristos, who is just standing there. And Char makes the decision to take them out in the hallway and 
off him. Yeah. Uh, Shar, who has used a wooden katana, who was very averse to killing when this campaign started, made the choice to kill somebody who in that moment was not a threat. I want, I want, we'll start with Arthur, talk about where Shar was in that moment. And then Jen and I will talk about our feelings about it afterwards. So Shar was like adrenaline filled the entire way through that episode Mm -hmm. up to the very end. And he's like, you know what? Like being exposed to Zamira for as long as he has, like he's had to adapt how his tactics work both in combat and the long term. And he's like, you know what? If we are actually going to do this and we are going to go and invade Stellium, they can't know anything. Mm-hmm. And Xander may be a threat, but the worst he thinks he's going to do is just not do anything until they get to Stellium. So they, he was just, he was siphoning the foreknowledge that they were coming soon or where they were. Mm-hmm. Because if they left evidence, the only thing they would know is the monks were dead. And it was a horrifying thing for him to have to do. But he also didn't, he understands, that's the other thing too. He understands what most of these monks like going in there, they want to be good and they want to be just and they want to fight the good fight. And for him, there was no turning back. So for him, it was a mercy for him to die. Now, your thoughts. <laughs> or you think I was just pissed off that week? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I I felt that it was more a I don't I don't know how to phrase it like we've we've said many times though Shar and Zem are like two sides of the same coin and it felt like a little bit of a turn where I'm starting to be a, like Zamira's starting to be a little more level-headed-ish starting She's starting to. <laughs> um, and and that was a real Zem move. <laughs> it, it just, it felt like we are rubbing off on each other. Like, we're starting to find some sort of middle ground between, like, I'm going to say pious because I don't know what else to say. It's not that, it's not that Char is, but, like, tries to act in a better manner, whereas Zamira's <laughs> come and get what I want. Um, and we're balancing out. Yeah. I would agree. We're not directly 180 across from each other anymore. Mm-hmm. I liked it very much because it played into uh, what we were just talking about with Knox and the idea that... Uh, People aren't so black and white. Power isn't so black and white. Choices aren't so black and white. Sometimes we have to do the the bad thing so that the good things can come from it, right? And it, it felt to me very much like Char, again, making a hard decision that he would not have been able to do 58 episodes ago. I think it was maybe Doctor Who. It was that sometimes the only choices you have are bad, but you still need to choose. Yeah. That's it. Yep. Like, that's where we're at right now. The American presidency. <laughs> the American presidency. I mean, that too. <laughs> 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 
We should probably delete that. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Bleep. <laughs> Anonymous um, shows up. <laughs> uh, oh, there is a guest. Oh, man, there's so much. Wait, there's one more thing that I want to talk about, sort of like outside of time now, which is fitting because of what it is. And it's Ristos's little orb of, you know, house that she has. <laughs> orb of house. Orb of is house. That what spell's called That's now? what it's called. Yeah. Ristos's orb of house. Ristos's orb of house. Um, this this place, um, it's, it's very interesting. It's clearly some sort of artifact from 2,000 years ago uh, that makes a sort of stable, demi-plane, magnificent mansion situation. Uh, but there are doors here that are locked that she can't access. And there's a lot of stuff that happens here that she doesn't necessarily understand why it happens. It just does. Uh, Jen, I can already see the look on your face right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Yeah, if you think this hasn't been itching my brain since you first mentioned it, <laughs> I have you have another thing coming. I, I'm very much that game player that needs to open every fucking drawer in a room. So like, I need to go back there. Yeah, yes. I mean, I want to too, but at the same time, it felt like a video game where like you can't go that way yet, and I'm like, fine. <laughs> yeah, there was there was definitely a measure of that just because of the time crunch we've been in in the last five episodes with all this like shit piling up at the same time waiting to knock the dominoes down. Um, I think you did even say like, look, like you can do this. This will just push the end game later and later. And we're just like, okay. Yeah. And I mean, there's no time crunch on that specifically. So we can actually end, (laughs) end arc one and then come back to this, uh, which we should totally do that. Anyway. um, Is that what we're doing instead? Are we rewriting (laughs) what we're recording? I don't know. I don't know. know. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, Char, how does Char feel going into a place like that, given that he does not have magical training and this is well above his pay grade? I think I felt the same that Char did, which was he just had to sit down mm-hmm. in a magical chair. It was brought like a magical hot towel and like tea. Like it was it was weird. Yeah. And it's it's not that Char didn't think that that kind of magic exists. I mean, they were in the El Estenome for how long? It's just like. What the fuck are we getting into? Yeah. <laughs> and if it was more of a measure of like, if Ristos is this powerful, how fucking difficult is it going to be to defeat Dalius? Yeah. And it was kind of like all that just wrapped up into a ball. Yeah. And and if she's this powerful, but there's places here that she can't go and magic here, she doesn't understand how dangerous could this place be? Which I'm sure Zem is not even concerned about at this point. She's it, and, and I think that was why also the second part of that is why Char wanted to get the fuck out of the orb first, too. So it just worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, on to episode 59. Meet me at the point. Uh, this is, again, um, very full circle moment. A very full circle moment, yeah, because what episode one was called Meet Me at the Point. Episode 59 is Meet Me at the Point again. We end the fight. Uh, Zem and Shara reunited. There's another communication with everybody who is now in this massive party saying, like, what are we doing? How are we like, we clearly can't stay here. Where are we going? Zem and Shar choose to go to the Temple of the Divines to stay for the night, uh, which is an interesting full circle moment for Shar. Because that's where he was when we started, um, as a security guard at the Temple of the Divines. Uh, and we got to see his replacement, which uh, was very much meant to mirror Char in those moments. This, like, lost-looking little puppy dog 
boy with, you know, curly hair doing a very bad job at being security in a place that probably doesn't need a lot of security anyway. Um, how, how was that? How, what, you know, coming the whole way back to the beginning, knowing though that we were now in the end game of this arc, that you were about to storm the proverbial castle in the coming episodes. I think like going back there felt like, like limbo, which is like, this is where you have to stay for a brief period of time before you can move on with your life. Oh, that's, yep. I agree. God damn it, therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Uh, did you have something to add, Jen? No, it was very on the nose. It was very good. Uh, we also had this interesting moment, though, where you saw somebody sitting on a bench. Uh, Tora tried to investigate them. The roles weren't too great, so you didn't see their face. But you saw a bit of a conversation of somebody who was clearly looking for the two of you. Uh, you had thoughts about who that person could be. Yeah. It has not been revealed or discussed in the game since that moment. Uh, I would like to hear your best guesses at who you I both think it is. Don't remember her name. Um, Genevieve? Nope. Dahlia? Nope. It was Kay's character. Alias. Yes. That's mm. who I think it is. Interesting. See, my thing is, like, I just assumed that it was, like, Dahlia. And I'm like, cool. We're done. Not putting much more thought into that. Mm, yeah. But at the same time, he wasn't seeing anything. I think I don't think it was Dahlia because we still we got the paper bird. Shar mm. doesn't really know any better. <laughs> he also got attacked by a paper bird again. That's going to be a consistent running theme, and I love it. Oh, I just remember the paper bird with with a little drawing mm -hmm. with Aaron and Rafe. It was cute. I kept that. I folded it to the corners. <laughs> it was very sweet. I did. I feel like I did. A, I, I tried to do a couple of those. Like I folded it to the corners in the first episode to meet at the point and it, stuff like that. I, I tried to remember our beginnings because I was not sure. Where this was going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so from this point on, episodes 60 to 63 are basically just meeting back up with the friends and heading on into Stellium. Um, so we're going to take these all as a giant bundle. And I'm going to say we're not so much happens in these episodes that I highly recommend. If you're if you're watching uh, or listening to these recaps to get caught up cool um probably just listen like go now and listen to 60 to 63 <laughs> because yes, there's there's a lot that happens here um but for everybody who has listened we're just gonna speed run we're just gonna speed run uh you get with uh your friends uh karina convinces you to let her come with you go back into the orb so that you can enter the headmistress's office by the door that exits directly out. Magical backdoor sneak into the academy. Magical backdoor sneak into the academy. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you head out into the hallway. You know uh, exactly what's wrong with me. <laughs> kill some guards. You head downstairs. Zem charms somebody. You walk right across the quad into the wizard's tower and start a huge fight. Um, On accident. With a keeper and a bunch of monks and some guards. Uh, you head up the stairs. 
you shove Xander <laughs> off the stairs. We have to touch on that moment. I like my favorite moment was you pushed him and I'm like, oh. And I <laughs> shove Avinius off too. Off. Uh, and bitch. And then it was then revealed that there was no fucking railing. Oh on my the god, stairs. that was no horrifying. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so let's just touch on that point. You stop. You're on, we'll stop right here. You're on the stairs. Uh, Ristos has given um, one of her big spell slots remaining to send you to the portals to the top of these, not the top, to the third floor landing of these stairs. And uh, you're both pretty beaten up, pretty depleted because you've had to fight your way through here. Uh, and, and then we fought a keeper. <laughs> and you kind of fought a keeper. And you know that Risos is now fighting that keeper alone. You're pretty sure she's probably going to die. And you hear the scream from above. That is Rafe. And we ended the episode there. Um, in that moment, you had, the two of you had options. You also knew that Xander and Avinius were now down on the floor as well, which was going to add to the problems that Karina, Zima, Kai, Ristos were having. Uh, so you could go down and try to help your friends. You could go up, try to help Rafe, or go the whole way up and try to stop whatever's happening with the orb. What was going through your minds? That the last time you made me choose and I chose Rafe, someone died. Mm-hmm. And I did it anyway. Yeah. Um, I... And in fairness, somebody did die. Yeah. Um, so I knew that he had been held for a while. Like it was, he, it, it was a problem. Like it wasn't like a recent fight that he was in. His chances for survival in my mind were lower than anyone else's. And in your mind too. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yep. So that's, that's the way that I went. What did Char want to do in that moment? Follow Zem. Char, like, if Zem was not involved, he probably would have skipped Rafe and gone straight to the top because that was the whole plan. Like, he assumed that Ristos would not win at all. Mm-hmm. And it would just be Xander and the Keeper coming after them. And yeah. so he had to try to stop it. But since Zem was involved, it's... This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. Cool. So that's what happened. All right. Uh, I do want to touch on how I was handling that combat and how I handle big combats like this because I've gotten some questions about it um, from people online. Uh, I was running no short of like two dozen NPCs in that fight. If I rolled every attack that these people made against each other, it would have taken six hours and uh, would not have been fun to listen to uh, because it would have just been me <laughs> playing with myself. <laughs> uh, anyway, so <laughs> but um, so um, I what I do is I create a spreadsheet. Um, where I have the NPCs who are going to be in a fight and their general, like, plus to hit their spell save DCs, things like that on the sheet. And so when I have specifically two NPCs who are going head-to-head, I can compare them quickly on a spreadsheet and decide, like, overall, on average, who is going to win this fight. And then at big moments, I will make rolls, or I will have Jen and Arthur make rolls to just determine, like, is in this big moment, 
does the the underdog have a chance to overcome it? Um, and then from there, it's just how long can they survive? And the things that Zem and Shar do in those moments can mitigate, like, okay, Kai only had three more rounds with this person, but Zem did this to help her, and so now she has five. Um, or, like, maybe it turned the tide of the battle, and now somebody's come to help her. And so it's stuff like that. It's it's ways to make mass combats easier to run because anytime you have more than two or three NPCs in a fight, especially when you only have two PCs, uh, it bogs down combat. Yeah, and keep in much. mind, we've been doing this, not the podcast, but just D&D and, and tabletop for a while. Mm-hmm. Most of us have read a lot of the supplements that like help pe- what people have done. Yes. What? I didn't say anything. Um. I'm not one of them. I'm the worst. <laughs> Jen does not read the supplements. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we have an entire drive where there is a fuck ton of like everything that we could possibly want. And we've read through a lot of it. Minus Jen. <laughs> so we, we've kind of, we've created our own way of mitigating balking of down combat. Yes, because we've definitely played in those games where it was three PCs and 24 kobolds running at us and rolling slingshots to hit people. It's it's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, but yeah, so, and, and to that effect, I want to say um, there were things set up multiple times throughout this campaign, but especially in these episodes, that I did not think were overcomable obstacles. I did not think when Zem and Shar chose to go the rest of the way up the stairs alone and to break into that room with Ambrose, who was in a feeding frenzy, so had higher stats than normal, with a Rafe who was chained to the wall with 40 hit points remaining, and that was his max because he had been bled by Ambrose. Um... And Arena, who had one spell slot left, which I rolled for, which ended up being a fifth level spell slot. Of course it was. Um, Like, it (laughs) still should have been impossible. But my dice rolls were so bad because Arthur cursed my dice. You're welcome. And Ambrose couldn't hit anybody to literally save his own life. It was very frustrating. Bye. And that's the thing. (laughs) It was very frustrating for me. We also fucked up rules on all ends. Mm. For a bunch of stuff. There were some things that got messed up. Um, we're going to get better at that. <laughs> I make no promises about everything. Uh, I think the the damage thing was definitely a, a problem. But still, Ambrose should have overcome all of that. The two of you were so banged up. Rena and Rafe should not have been able to survive. The fact that he couldn't roll higher than a three to hit anything was just infuriating. But he died. Um, and it was (laughs) allegedly he died uh, and it was it was shitty but uh, you came out of the room Rena and Rafe are like okay we will go try to help the people downstairs but we're pretty banged up and when you open the door I rolled a d4 to determine who was coming up those stairs and I told you that a 1 is bad 2 through 4 was good Uh, you rolled a 3 and Ristos was alive Still don't know how that happened. If you had rolled a one, it would have been Quarren coming up the stairs, and Ristos would have been dead. Yeah. Um, Who were the other two? Was it Kima or... Who was the other one that was... 
that came was it Karina maybe would have been coming up. How uh, did you have that statted out? Uh, four would have been Kai. Oh, oh okay. Karina Kai. was already dead. Uh, and a two would have been Zima. Zima, not Kima. Yes. Um, but because of that role, it also determined who was alive and who was dead because there was a lot going on down there. Um, and. One of my favorite quotes was <laughs> at that moment when Reese was like, come on, Zem, we promised to kill Dalius together. <laughs> it just felt so perfect in the moment. <laughs> and it felt like what Zem needed to hear <laughs> to get the rest of the way up the stairs, at which point you look out the window and you see the ship being attacked. And and. In this moment, you couldn't, your your vision was not, your perception roles were not good enough to see who was out there. Never been good. But <laughs> but in that moment, Zem and Jen had an intuition that it was probably uh, some orc people coming to help. I would like to just state for the record, because nobody can see me, that like my shit-eating grin is taking up my entire face. <laughs> I just feel so fucking powerful right now. <laughs> and this is Jen speaking. <laughs> you literally are just like my fucked up plan worked. <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> Thanks, fate. <laughs> Thanks, the universe. Uh, it was, it was a great moment, and that was one of those things that I had not actually planned out prior to that. I had that idea as you were coming up the stairs, and I was like. Oh, I love this. And Jen's going to be really happy. <laughs> See, I let happy things happen she sometimes. Does. Yeah. That was a happy moment. One of the irony later, but... is you were you gave us that because we should have died. Because you should have died. That that was a present for not it's dying. Like a reward. It was, <laughs> I reward you for not dying. Good job. Uh, and then you go into the lab at the top of the tower. <laughs> and it's like that day's death number three. <laughs> yes. I which... think my favorite part of that is like Shar tries to roll into the table. Like which table? I'm like, there's multiple tables. <laughs> and so the entire beginning of that conversation, Shar is just like in, under a table on the opposite end of the fucking room, <laughs> thinking that he was in the center. You were it's like, just like I'm gonna duck under the table. And then the women just come through like Yeah. So I think I'm tactically in the middle of the room and you're like, no, you're not. No. <laughs> I'm like, well, this was dumb. <laughs> oh, such a char moment though. It was hundred percent. It was just it was so clear that you missed when she talked about distance earlier. Yeah. And so I was like, what are you talking about? It was very much like a pile of trees moment. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Amazing. But, yeah, so, and so, long story short, you come up these stairs, you get in this fight with Dalius. Um, even as powerful as he is, you there's three of you against one of him. Uh, and two interesting things happen here. <laughs> we learn how spells three work. Three interesting, a lot of interesting <laughs> things happen. We learn how spells work. That that does happen. Um, I'm still angry about <laughs> Dahlia uh, tries to save Zem in a very stupid, misguided way and gets herself murdered. Uh, Zem touches the orb. Char gets banished. You want to talk about moments where I thought you were both going to fucking kill me. That was... <laughs> Arthur straight up left the room. <laughs> I did because I thought the game was over. I'm like, oh... 
All right. <laughs> I'd uh, do it again. <laughs> I know. Um, it was just one of those, like, she's not, holy shit. <laughs> We're in the middle of this massive combat. Shar's banished. <laughs> oh, I'm man. spinning like a ballerina. <laughs> and you're in darkness, so nobody fucking knows what's happening. And so you're just like, I'm going to end the fucking world. And Shar's in a different part of the universe. Touched and I'm just butt. like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm just stuck here now. <laughs> Well, and that's what I love that moment because I don't even remember. Episode really long time ago, probably 30 episodes ago, Dalius threatened Zem. Like, what happens if you get banished? Like, letting her know that he he could and would do this to her if he had to. And then in that moment, him saying, like, I was saving this for Zamira, but I guess it's you this time. And banishing Char in that moment was just like, it felt good. I worked my ass off to get him from not being able to cast spells. I mean, I worked my ass off. And you're just like, that's not how the spell works. And we read four times and like, (laughs) fuck, you're right. Because I was trying to center it on him. I know. I know. Uh, So, was there a, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want, because I don't know if it's like future, but like, is there a way, was there any other place we would have been banished to? No. Whichever one of you got banished was heading directly to Lyra. Which, I mean, makes sense. That would have been his fucking downfall. Like, I almost wished he would have. Well, actually, it would have been way worse for Zem, because Zem has pissed off Adria. Eh, yeah, but she could have, she could have, come on, I would have made it back around. That's true, that's true. But, like, it would have been a much more contentious fight, like, like mm, tense, and if, if Zem had mouthed off, it could have ended in something bad happening to Zem. So. Uh, it was probably better for Shar. <laughs> yeah, yes, but yeah. like I don't know that he would have joined forces. Like I would have been like, "Listen, I know you're mad at me. <laughs> Hear me out." Yes. Let's yes. do this. And I I had Arthur tracking how many rounds he was banished for for two reasons. One, cuz if you're banished for a minute, you stay banished if you're in the place where you're supposed to be. The second reason is because after a certain point, he was going to be stuck there because he was going to go into that cave with the anti-magic field, in which case he would not have come back. Um, Arthur, mm-hmm. as a person who plays 5e, understands the rules, understood what I was saying when I was as Adria being like, hey, just so you know, cards on the table, you go in here, your magic probably isn't going to work. So yeah. you know uh, like, what I'm, I'm communicating back, yeah. to you. Yeah. Uh, this is as close to metagaming as we've ever come because I, in that moment, did not want to remove this character from you in an unfair way. So uh, I played this off as Adria being like, look, this is what happens. Your magic just might not work. Um, what were you thinking in that moment? The problem is, me as Arthur knows this is a terrible idea and he mm-hmm. absolutely should not do that because I will lose this character. However, that's not how Char would have thought about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which means that Char, quite literally, up till the last couple of seconds, was ready to ro- walk into the anti-magic field. Mm-hmm. Or the, I don't think you said it was anti-magic, it was like wild magic field or something like that. Like, yeah, I, well, I just described it, yeah, I described it as basically like, just like a shielding effect, because I didn't want to talk about it too metagamey-ish, but like, yeah, um... So the way you described it was not that it was anti-magic. Shar's just like, okay, my spells just don't behave the same way. Mm-hmm. I would still have magic. So technically he felt a little bit more comfortable. If she had said, like, no magic, he would have been far more hesitant. 
but he was going to go because the option was either like, I, I'm going to have to find a way to get back to this place because that's my mom. Yes. And that was quite the reveal. Like a lot of people have been um, curious about like, who is Char's mom? Is it Adria? Is it this woman? Is it somebody unrelated entirely? And that was um, kind of a reveal that came at a weird moment because there was so much happening. But we now know, at least according to Adria, and she doesn't have a reason to lie in this moment, who Char's mom is. What was that like for Char? That's kind of his next motivation point, I think, going forward, is that it's not that he doesn't think that that's his parents anymore, because his parents are set in stone. Absolutely. But he does not know who he is. In the very least, that would open up an avenue of, okay, let's find out more about myself here. And what does this do in this moment with his relationship with Adria? We already know that Adria was thinking about killing Char. She said that she needs to kill at least one of you. Uh, in that, in those moments, she was saying like, well, maybe, maybe I'll see if you can help me with something, which you're not sure what that is at this moment. But you know that she has your mother captive for some reason. Uh, what is Char now like Adria is public enemy number one? No. So that's actually the irony is that that little experience actually removed her from the top of Char's list a little bit because it was the avenue of, hey, this is the third option. Because she didn't even think that we were going to be there. Mm-hmm. The only way she's communicated with us is like this weird dream Neuralink. Yes. So having us there in person might be our third option to be able to save everybody, neither of us die, mm-hmm. and figure out what the fuck is going on. Now, do I think that she still needs to die? Yeah. But just like she's using us, we're using her too. Smart. Zem has no idea that any of this has happened yet because you haven't had a chance to talk about it during the game. Um, But Zem was having her own interesting encounter in the darkness bubble with the orb where you actually had a connection with Nex. The Um, darkness bubble. (laughs) And Nex was showing you how to open the orb, basically speaking in Celestial, using your own blood to open this orb. Um, And whenever you removed your hand and dropped the bubble... Uh, when the whole fight was over, you told Ristos, like, nobody should touch that and I don't want it near me. Did it scare them? Um. Uh, I feel like scare is probably too strong a word. I think she's just more really cautious about it because... At least to her, it sounded like there needed to be some intent. Um, for for Zem, it was also about the things that weren't said. So were keys. Keys lock and unlock. Mm-hmm. So there's more there than just unlocking this orb and unlocking him from his prison. Clearly, there's other things we are capable of. And that's really more where she was going. And it was, get this away from me for now while I work this out. And not necessarily, like, 
forever or I'm scared of it. It's just I don't want any accidents to occur before I am prepared or ready for whatever we decide going forward. And I'm pretty sure Char was still banished at that point, too. You were. So that could have been a different circumstance if he had been there. We're we're back to more secrets. Yeah. I mean, but, like, we just haven't had time. Absolutely. And I think that in that moment, I, as the DM, was was concerned because when you cast that darkness bubble, this was after... <laughs> the darkness bubble. Char disappears. Zem screams. Zem goes to this this orb zem's not in a good place i was concerned that zem was about to just like be like i am you know what i don't care <laughs> just open it and see what happens because uh i was i was a little concerned well i think that that's the one thing the one grounding part of her personality that zem has is like they might not call it sciences but she's got a scientific mind so like she wants to see, like, okay, what does the thing do? Let's poke it. Let's push it. Let's look. But also, she's not just going to believe that Char's gone, like, truly irre- irre- irreparably gone until she sees it. So even being banished, being gone, she wouldn't just assume that there was no way to bring him back. Um, it she would need to see a lifeless body in front of her and have no means to bring him back um, yeah. before she truly gave up. Let's talk about that eventuality, though. Let's, not the one where Char dies, but the one where Char's banishment stands. You, between the two of you, you and Ristos, you kill Dalius. Char does not come back. What does that look like for Zem? Because we've talked about... In the past, what would happen if one of these characters died? And the consensus is usually, like, both of you would create new characters. Something would happen with the one that was alive, which we won't talk about because that is something <laughs> that uh, may play out at some point. <laughs> um, but it would it would eventually lead to two new PCs and probably a very different story going forward. Um, but you, as a player, knowing that there is a way to get to Char. He's not gone forever. He's banished. You know that. Zem does not know that. You'd have to find a way to roleplay that in the game. Uh, would you continue with Zem? And would would Zem accept that Char was gone, or would her next thing be like, I need to find where he it is? Would, I would need to find where he is. So I, she would not accept that he was just gone, and she wouldn't move on with her life. No body, no crime. Every, <laughs> everything else... Well, then I am fucking innocent. Um, everything else would be... <laughs> Um, like a back, take a back seat, like Mm -hmm. literally everything in her life. So the relationship she's still figuring out and forging with Rafe, like that's going to be on hold. Like literally everything is going to be on hold, um, until she gets back to Char, whatever that looks like, whether she can bring him here or she has to go to him, she will figure something out, but that is her intent. As far as continuing to play Zamira, I potentially, if we had the ability to um, find a character in which she could go on this mission with, whether this is like Arthur taking over one of the myriad NPCs we've come across or just a student who who maybe lost everything and now they're like, you know, fuck these people. And I'm like, yes. 
Yeah. Let's go. We'll, we'll pull from my myriad of 5,000 characters well, that, on Right, <laughs> right. And so, you know, maybe it's someone from the garden who didn't want to participate in the ways that they were forced to, or someone from Annenfeld. Like, it's Erevan. <laughs> I don't think I could play Erevan. I could. Don't get me wrong, but I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to play the simp for Rena? No. <laughs> nah, that one that one would hurt. <laughs> because the irony is that Rena did have a crush on Shar, I think mm-hmm. we which yeah. is really fucking funny. So you'd have to have a crush on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh well. With that being said, that's all the episodes in the fourth core. Uh, any final words? I loot the corpse. I loot the corpse. Those are good final words. Same. I got nothing. <laughs> all right. It's coming for you. It's coming for you. Wait, when is this being released? I don't know. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect <laughs> ending. When is this being released? I don't know. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Intro music by Isaac Viers. Character designs by Cam Gonzalez. Produced by Leah Hemrick. Graphics designer Jen Kearney. And audio engineer Arthur Polino.